This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 309, submission number 567. Half Nelson. Half Nelson aired on NBC from March 24th of 1985 to May 10th of 1985. For depends where you look, it could be nine episodes, might be eight. Some places have seven. So Wikipedia says nine, TV Tango says seven. And also at the same time, I believe both sites count the pilot as two episodes. So use your own judgment there. Okay, here's the intro. you youtube listeners are not going to hear that but let's just say that was awesome take our word for it it was hey greg it's 1985 and nbc has maybe the hottest show in television at that point something called miami vice that's right you've heard of it obviously yes and nbc was looking for something to sort of pair it up with at the nine o'clock hour because Miami Vice aired at 10 half Nelson aired at nine and uh, they found this show and they actually had a number of other shows which we'll refer to uh, a little bit later that uh, came and went just as fast if not faster than half Nelson so what half Nelson was about was it was a comedy drama police procedural if you will the main star of the show was Joe Pesci playing a former cop who is working for a private security firm in Los Angeles. That sounds kind of weird. Joe Pesci doesn't really come across as a security guard type. No. Especially because, well, we know Joe Pesci from his stuff like Goodfellas and Home Alone. So it's like the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, and he's not that tall. He's not uh, 
very uh, overwhelming. He's very diminutive. So I don't get if that's supposed to be some sort of irony. Maybe, but yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting that uh, once we go through the cast list, a lot of the cast was former football players. I think I saw at least three or four of his castmates all played football at some point. Play, I'm talking about pro football, not just college. So, yeah, you've got short Joe Pesci with some very, very big men, uh, and he's a security guard or working for a security firm. I just don't buy it. So this is a reasonably early credit for Joe Pesci. And as Greg said, we know him better from specifically Goodfellas, but if you don't know who Joe Pesci is, and with all due respect, you've been living under a rock. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I believe, wouldn't he have uh, had an Oscar nomination like a couple years earlier for Raging Bull? Yeah, that would have been 1980, yes. And I believe that Raging Bull now has a 4K Blu-ray release from the Criterion Collection. I really wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if it did. I believe it just did, so. It's a good movie. It's deserving of having a Criterion Collection release. So as we said, Half Nelson, it was a quasi-comedy drama procedural type of show. Maybe not exactly the type of show you'd see at 9 o'clock on Friday nights. I think on Friday nights in 1985, you'd actually be sort of either in the drama camp or possibly in the comedy camp. The reason I say that is, again, look at the competition, which we'll do it a little early. The comedy camp was in the form of ABC because you had Benson at 9 o'clock and you had Off the Rack at 9.30. What is Off the Rack? I have no idea what that is. Sounds like where I get all my clothes from. What is off the rack? It is on the list. It's 285. Taking a look, off the rack is a comedy series about the LA garment industry. So it is about the clothing industry. And I took a look at who's in this show. I'm cringing, Greg. I'm cringing. Hold me back. Oh, wait. Can I take a guess? Yes. Is it Jeffrey Jones? No, it's not. Oh, thank God! No. Two of the stars, or two of the people in this show, Ed Asner. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ed Asner is a legend. R.I.P. Dennis Haysbert was in it. Oh, that's great, Dennis Haysbert. We love Dennis Haysbert. The person that made me cringe, Greg. Eileen Brennan. Why is that so bad, Mike? You got to get over this. Have we not had this conversation? We have like to get over this. In the past? Because she was such a no. heel. It made you hate no, her she, for life. She ruined my childhood. She scared me as a kid. Private no Benjamin scared me. you. <laughs> no, no, not Private Benjamin. Private Benjamin's superior. She annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> so, yes. You have Ed Asner and you have Dennis Haysbert 
They're sort of being balanced out by that bitch Eileen Brennan. Oh, get over this. No, you, you know this is like you this is like thing. Chucky being Chucky on Rugrats being afraid of freaking clowns. You have to get over this. I'm over it, but she's on every single thing we take a look at here. It seems. I mean, like I said, we've mentioned her like five, six times. But you know, you've got your things that you know upset you, and Chico's got his things that upset him. Eileen Brennan. Fingernails on a chalkboard. That's all I'm going to say about her. So that actually ran for less episodes than Half Nelson, believe it or not. Uh, and actually, a pilot for this, it actually aired as a film on March 24th of 1985. And among the people on the pilot, there's a lot of names here. A lot of names. Dean Martin. That Dean Martin. Yes. Actually, in his final acting role. Oh. Yeah. There are a lot of known names on this pilot. We could be here for a very long time talking about all the names. We'll just go through them really fast. The ones that didn't make the TV show. Morgan Brittany. A favorite around these parts. Tony Curtis. Oh, yeah. Tony Curtis. I am Tony Curtis. Welcome to Hawaii Babylon. We're going to talk about Half Nelson tonight. One day we will talk about Hollywood Babylon, and that episode will be amazing. Oh, we got to find episodes of that. That will be a great episode. Yeah, we just have the one VHS compilation on YouTube, but it's amazing if you ever watch it. The the reenactment of Vivian Lee is hilarious. Who knew Vivian Lee liked to have so much sex? So as I was saying, uh, Larry Holmes, yes, boxer Larry Holmes. That's right. Wouldn't he have just lost the heavyweight title at this point? Yeah, 85. Yeah, that would be about the time he lost it, yes. Because that would have been not too long before Mike Tyson came on the scene. Yeah. Because it was like 85, 86, he got the title. Yeah, who did he lose the title to? Was it uh, Spinks? I know next to nothing about boxing. I got a look. Hold on a second. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to go through, through some more names that were on the pilot that didn't make the series. Again, huge names. George Kennedy. Oh, George Kennedy. Oh, George Kennedy is, is timeless. Terry Kaiser, who we've talked about plenty of times. That's Bernie, right. Bernie. Bernie. And, and speaking of Bernie, how about Bernie Capel? Oh, yeah. Bernie Capel. Who, who, who we've talked about plenty of times. Yes. Paul Kreppel. Yeah, from It's a Living. From It's a Living. We talked about Dean Martin. How about John Matuzak? That's right. That's a name we don't talk about that often. Yeah. Of course, you know him as Sloth from the Goonies. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, 85 was his year. The Goonies and, well, maybe not necessarily his TV movie, but, yeah, he, he had a memorable 85. Yeah. Sloth, yes. Yeah, And also former Oakland Raider. Former Oakland Raider, yes. And actually, now that I think about it, what do I have right here in my office if I don't drop it and break it? It's Sloth. My Sloth bobblehead from Akron last year. Yeah, he's wearing the Superman shirt. He's also wearing some of Benoodle's fur, but yeah. Hey, you guys. Who are you? 
Okay. So, it, it, it's kind of coincidental that we mentioned John Matuzek and Sloth, and I've got that sitting like literally three feet away from me. Okay. I did find on Wikipedia, True Pike Consensus Wikipedia, that Larry Holmes did lose the uh, heavyweight title to Michael Spinks. Uh, but here's the crushing part. If Larry Holmes had beaten Michael Spinks, he would have tied Rocky Marciano's record of 49 wins without a loss. Oh. Sad. Tough break. So, yeah, needless to say, just going over that TV movie, a lot of quality names, a lot of people who went on to big things, a lot of people who made names themselves. And let me just give you the synopsis of the TV movie. Uh, since we don't have that much information, uh, even the episode guide we're going to use is sort of uh, sort of mediocre to say the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there's nothing on IMDb. TV Tango has nothing. I've done some research and I've got a number of episode uh, recaps, uh, capsules. I don't even know if I can necessarily match them up to specific days. And there's a reason why. So uh, Rocky Nelson is a New York City cop who, after making a major bust and selling the rights of his story to Hollywood, decides to try his luck out as an actor. However, when he gets there, the directors think that he is too short to be an actor. He is then approached by someone who offers him a job at a Hollywood security agency because he would fit in there being an ex-cop. And while working there, he could come in contact with some Hollywood heavyweights who would give him the break he needs. And at the same time, he gets to live in Dean Martin's guest house. Oh, that's great. Oh, Dean. you know, there's parties every night there at Dean Martin's guest house. Does the moon ever hit him in the eye at one point in the episode like a big pizza pie? A more or less. That was bad. I'm sorry. That's a more is what Greg was talking about. Duh. Yeah, a more or less. More or less. No, never mind. So, yeah, it got picked up for a series, didn't last all that long, ran about a month and a half, uh, right before, again, Miami Vice, best show on TV. Uh, and also, I, I think uh, we were talking about the schedule, and I think we sort of got a little sidetracked there, talking about the pilot and all that. So it went up against Benson and Off the Rack with that bitch Eileen Brennan on CBS I don't even have to say what it ran up against on Friday nights at nine o'clock. Was it Dallas? We've talked about it plenty of times. Of course it was Dallas. Of course. Of it's course it was Dallas. What else is on at nine o'clock on CBS? Dallas. Dallas. That's I mean, in the 1980s. That's all that's on Friday nights at, at nine o'clock. And I can't even count how many shows we've talked about that Dallas has just trampled. I mean, we talked about misfits of science. We've talked about, I mean, just again, the list goes on and on and on. And I know uh, we talked Dallas a number of times, four, five, oh, six man times. Manimal, Manimal was beat man by Dallas. Oh, yeah, we did talk about Manimal just recently in Manimal Revisited. You're right about that. Yeah. So the pilot did air on March 24th of 1985. And on March 29th of 1985, so actually, you know what? They probably aired this. They're calling it a TV movie. I'm sure it got picked up before 
So the pilot, it aired on Sunday night. So that's why it's, it's five days later. The 24th was a Sunday, and the series proper debuted on Friday. Looking at the listings for Sunday, March 24th, 1985, Hath Nelson actually aired the pilot. It was a two-hour pilot, so or a two-hour movie, two one-hour episodes. And the competition that night, I don't know, this is... It's sort of meh. I mean, I'm going to say that. It's it's sort of meh. It went up on CBS against Crazy Like a Fox. Oh, yeah, with Jack Warden. With Jack Warden, yeah. And and the reason I'm like sort of eh is the 10 o'clock hour was Trapper John M.D. Oh, yeah, that'll kill it. Trapper John M.D. Yeah, but it's sort of late in the run for Trapper John M.D., That's I believe. True. So. So maybe it's sort of waning at this point. And then on ABC, it aired against a movie called California Girls. I don't think it had to do with uh, the David Lee Roth song. Oh, I wish. It would been, wouldn't it have been awesome if David Lee Roth had a cameo in it? You wish they could all be California Girls? Zip it, zip it, zap! <laughs> oh, by the way, did I ever mention... That remember when David Lee Roth had his own radio show after Howard Stern went to Sirius? I swear to God, my brother was like one of the one of five people that listened to it because he loved the that show. <laughs> oh my gosh! And actually, yeah, the the. Uh... The blurb that I have for the pilot actually is the same blurb that I mentioned earlier, almost word for word. All right. So again, five days later on Friday, the 29th of April, we had a series premiere proper with the episode, The Deadly Vase. Ooh. Rocky dons a number of disguises in his quest to find the thief who lifted a priceless vase and murdered someone in the process. Oh. Well, like I said, it's a police procedural of sorts, so nothing really uh, out of the ordinary there. Uh, but okay. we have names. Uh, oh, oh yeah. and the thing is, we, we didn't even go over the cast after Joe Pesci. Yeah, it's right. But Let's do that. So returning from the pilot, the two-hour movie, in addition to Joe Pesci, we had Fred Williamson. Oh, yeah, Fred Williamson. And Fred Williamson... Among other things, he was a three-time AFL All-Star. So there's your football connection. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just I'm looking at the some of Fred Williamson's work on uh, IMDb. Oh, well, remember he was on Super Train. He was on Super Train. Remember? Okay, he may be on Super Train. But I'm looking at one of his movies that he's known for. What is it? And I can't say it. No, I no, Greg. No, we're gonna get letters. No, oh, I'm gonna look at it. Hold on a second. <laughs> what year? So I can look, look at, at it. the fourth one. What fourth, year? Fourth one on on the right. 1974. 1974. <laughs> 
Don't say oh, I didn't no! You. No! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say it. And the thing is, he played the title role in that movie. Kids, you're going to have to do your own research on this. We're not saying a word. Or the movie oh he gosh, did in 1972 the... and in 1973. Oh, God. Yeah, I was just, oh, my God. Yeah, I just noticed those. Oh, my oh gosh. God. We're, go we're going to hell if we say those words. Why? Oh. No, no. I, I, I'm treading very carefully here as I take a look to see. I'm, I'm treading very carefully when I take a look at what the, the synopsis of this is. Yeah, we can't use that movie title nowadays. No, <laughs> no, we couldn't use. I'm surprised they could use that movie title 50 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So yeah, the, the less we say about Fred Williamson's movies, the better we are. Oh my god! But hold on, Mike. He was in the roller disco episode of Chips, which we will oh, cover one day. Which we will cover one day. Yes. Oh my gosh. And also among the regular cast members, uh, we sort of teased it last week. We said somebody who would go on to bigger and better things about 18 months later at the same network at NBC. Yeah. Playing Annie O'Hara, Victoria Jackson. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. We'll be the last time we'll talk about her this year, which will be, I don't know, about a month from now. Yeah, it's going to be about a month from now. Uh, we're not going to mention what it's about, but I actually had what we're going to talk about in that episode. I had it on tape. That's right. You never know I had it on tape, but yeah, I did have it on tape. That's right. You did. You. Yeah. I would. I don't want to spoil what it is because I want it to be a complete surprise. So let's just say next month we will be talking about an episode of SNL that she was on. Yes. Yes, and this would have been her first season on SNL. Yeah. Yes. So it'd be 86, 87. But Correct. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? She was also in UHF. Yeah, she was. Another favorite of ours. Some other names uh, that appear in the series, uh, including this first episode. Again, more football people. Playing Bo, the legendary Dick Butkus. I mean, what else needs to be said? Hall of Fame linebacker for the Bears. Number 51. Yeah. But he would go on uh, a couple years later on NBC. He'd be on uh, My Two Dads. Yes, he would. And let me just say, My Two Dads theme song, very underrated. I agree. How about another football player? And this guy was a big man. Big mamma jamma. And we talked earlier about how 85 was John Matuzak's year uh, being sloth in the Goonies. Yeah. Realistically, we could say 1984 was this guy's year. Oh, definitely. Uh, because Police Academy started. Playing Kurt Bubba Smith. Oh, that's right. Officer Hightower. Yeah. Among many things. Uh, and for the Married with Children fans out there, he plays maybe one of Al's best foils ever in the episode, all night security dude. He plays spare tire Dixon. That's right. Spare tire Dixon. Classic episode. One of my favorites. Uh, we also have uh, Dean Martin returning 
So maybe, yeah, we said it was his final acting uh, gig. Apparently it wasn't just the pilot movie. He was in the entire series. Yes. Uh, but other names, uh, non-football names, uh, playing Detective Hamill in this series is Gary Grubbs. Gary Grubbs. Yeah, you probably have heard of him. He was on Will and Grace. Okay. He was Harlan Polk on Will and Grace. But again, let's make two Married with Children connections because this is where I know him from. He was Delbert in the season two, two-part season premiere, Poppies by the Tree. Ooh, Poppies by the Tree. But also, yeah, but also he was a car salesman. He was Cal Stevens. Boy, I wonder who he's trying to imitate with that name, Cal Stevens. Hmm. Cal Worthington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cal Worthington. Uh, he played car salesman Cal Stevens who sold Al Bundy a lemon in part two of the final season two-part episode. Actually, I think it's a three-part episode now that I mention it. Requiem for a Chevy weight. Where Al's uh, car dies and him and Jefferson actually, <laughs> again, ridiculous. And we talked about the ridiculousness of the last season of Married with Children. Al and Jefferson go to Cuba and actually Jefferson is friends with Fidel Castro. And Fidel Castro has got the part that uh, that Al needs for his Chevy. Don't ask. Don't ask. Just really weird. Yeah, it's 1997. They didn't have 3D printers yet. It, it, well, and also, again, 11th season. They're running out of good material. But in this first episode, again, more names. And again, very big names. As herself is Julie Newmar. Oh, yeah, Catwoman. Oh, since she goes down here, I better do this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I think more mine was more like an Eartha kit, but yeah, we get it. Playing Seymour Griffith, I don't think we've talked about this person yet. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this person uh, in the very near future. Robert Reed. Oh, yeah, Robert Reed. Of course, Mr. And, and Brady. Actually, I, yeah, and actually, I think we did talk about him because he was, I believe, a celebrity guest on the premiere week of Stumpers. Yes. So that may be the only time we've talked about him at this point, 309 episodes in. But even more names. Playing Morgan, how about another uh, Batman connection? Cesar Romero. Oh, the Joker. So, yeah, we, so we have the Catwoman and we have the Joker, yes. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not going to make any jokes and, about oranges. I'm sorry with Cesar Romero. Oh, no, don't. And two more names. Again, two. there's so many names on this. Playing the director is Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor. Big-time movie star from uh, the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Okay. It didn't really do a lot of television. And last but not least, how about this for an, an 80s name appearing as Hunk? Hunk. Don't know. Yeah, Hunk. Yeah, I don't know how this person got the name Hunk, but when you hear the name, maybe it'll make sense. Spuds McKenzie. 
The dog spuds McKenzie? The, the dog spuds McKenzie, yes. <laughs> How big was Spuds McKenzie in like 1985, 1986? Oh, Spuds McKenzie was everywhere in the 80s. He was the coolest thing ever. He was. And somewhere in my basement, I know I've got a uh, light up uh, Spuds McKenzie because my grandmother used to own a bar and somehow after she passed away, I ended up with her bar's Spuds McKenzie uh, light up figure. Yeah. And I believe, fun fact, I don't think we mentioned this in the Bud Bowl episode, but Spuds McKenzie was the owner of Bud Light in Bud Bowl 1. Touchdown! No complaints from that man. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. That's great. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's go to uh, episode two. And episode two is titled Uppers and Downers. Oh, <laughs> I'm already scared to take a look at this. Rocky poses as a health and exercise expert when he investigates the death of a Beverly Hills fitness guru. And I'm trying to see who may be the fitness guru in this episode. Uh, I've got it down to two names, and well, we'll, we'll mention both names because they both, I think, uh, their resumes stand on their own merits. Unfortunately, I don't have a name for either of these people's characters, which again is probably due to the incompleteness of this series. One person is Nancy Stafford, and Nancy Stafford, she was on Matlock for the uh, entirety of that series, playing couple of characters, uh, primarily Michelle Thomas in later episodes. And she was also on St. Elsewhere for three seasons. And actually, uh, the three seasons she was on, 83 to 86. So Half Nelson was in the middle of that. Oh, and also Nancy Stafford. I know where I recognize that name from since I mentioned St. Elsewhere. She was on the week of Match Game Hollywood Squares with St. Elsewhere's cast. Plus another week, I believe. I think she did two weeks at Match Game Hollywood Squares. But the other name, no, it couldn't be her because this person would have been in her mid-50s at this point, almost uh, actually in her 60s, Barbara Kaysan. And I, we've talked about her in the past, I think, because she played Gary Shandling's mother on The Gary Shandling Show. Oh, Awesome. Taking a look here, the reason we talked about her previously, she played Chloris Phoebus on Carter Country. Oh, jeez. Another one of those shows that we don't really want to revisit. Let's go to episode three. Episode three is titled Diplomatic Immunity. Diplomatic Immunity. Okay, well, hold on. You may have heard me the way I said that. Again, IMDb says diplomatic immunity, but I think Wikipedia has it right. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, immunity. Yeah. We'll just go by what Hans from the Mighty Ducks said in Lethal Weapon 2. Diplomatic immunity. Just been revoked. Rocky dons a disguise to infiltrate an auto theft ring operated by a foreign ambassador. 
I wish I could say and play that foreign ambassador is Vladimir Putin, but I can't. Oh, if only. If only. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that would be funny if, if he did. But again, we got some names in this episode. Playing Shelly Shapiro in this episode. And, you know, that sounds like a good uh, ambassador name. So I think this person may have been the ambassador. Henry Gibson. Oh, Henry Gibson. Laughing. Laughing. That's right. And, of course, yeah. for you youngins, you probably best know him from Inner Space because he played Morton Short's boss in Inner Space. And the other name in this episode, uh, no character name here. One of your favorites, Greg. John Saxon. Oh, yeah, John's. Hey, Mike, we'll be talking about John Saxon in our next episode. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, of course, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I have a signed card of his from Americana. And I knew you were going to mention that. Yes. Yes. Because I think you got that, like, right around the time he passed away. Yes. And, of course, John Saxon, also best known for being in A Nightmare on Elm Street. That'll take us to episode four. Episode four is titled Nose Job. Nose Job. An actress hires Rocky to protect her from a stalker while she films her television series. And really, no names that we haven't talked about already. Uh, just the normal cast, Joe Pesci, Fred Williamson, Victoria Jackson, Dick Butkus, Bubba Smith, Gary Grubbs, Dean Martin... Nobody really of note uh, among the guests. So that'll take us to episode five, which is called Chariots for Hire. Yeah, Chariots for Hire. Ha ha ha. Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Rocky manages to con Chester Long and Lieutenant Hamill into peddling a pair of rickshaws as part of his plan to catch the killer of a Hollywood star. Well, you know, we did talk about a Hollywood star the previous episode, so maybe... I don't know. Like I said, there, there's a lot of ambiguity here because there's not much uh, known about these episodes. Uh, chariots, rickshaws make sense, but also the previous episode, Nose Job, had to do with an actress being murdered. So, shoulder shrug here, I think, is the best way we can phrase it. Yeah. And really, there's no guests in this episode. So, we're going to go to episode six The Beverly Hills Princess. Rocky gets some unwanted help from a precocious teenage girl whose father has been framed for murder by a group of blackmailers. We got a couple of names in this episode. We, we don't have one for the uh, princess, if you will, but Rich Little played a character in this episode. Oh, Rich Little. And actually knowing Rich Little, he probably played a bunch of characters in this episode. Oh, he probably did. And then playing Dexter Breen in this episode... We've talked about him in the past. I don't remember where, but we, we did talk about Marjo Gortner. Taking a look at his IMDb, trying to figure out where we talked about him. He was, I believe, on a week, at least a week of Break the Bank in 1976. But I thought there was another episode uh, where we talked about him. All right. With that out of the way, we got the final episode. Episode 7 is called Malibu Colony, and I have no information about this episode. So, (laughs) 
what can we say? Uh, like I said, there's just a lack of information on uh, this TV show. Nothing we could do about that. We're not going to fake the information. Uh, we're going to try our best to, to get through it. So, yeah, again, there's some ambiguity here because we don't have a lot of information about the show, especially accurate information. And actually, the fifth episode, which was supposed to air on April 26th of 1985, IMDb and Wikipedia say episodes aired that day, but it didn't because doing uh, research, TV listings and also at least one other source on the Internet say that uh, what appears to be the show that uh, Half Nelson replaced came back and aired its last episode a show called Codename Foxfire. And it looks like Wikipedia says both episodes aired on May 3rd. But again, sources say May 3rd and May 10th each had one episode. And uh, <laughs> again, it got killed by Dallas. And on May 17th, NBC replaced Half Nelson with a repeat of V. Remember V? That was a big, big thing. Well, you were barely born then. Yeah. V, v, v was a big oh, miniseries. V, v was a big cultural phenomenon back in the Oh, it was, it was huge. Yeah. Although this is probably near the end of V, because V the series was only like a year. I think it was a little bit longer. It may have been a year and a half, but I'm pretty sure it was gone by fall of 85, because I think it was maybe a mid-season replacement in 83, 84, because oh, yeah, I think they... the V miniseries aired in late 83, and it got picked up as a series well, I think they did not like too a, long after. I think they did like a sequel miniseries like right after, because it was like, oh, we got to capitalize on the wave. Everyone loves V, so we got to do like another miniseries. And that was like, I think, a backdoor pilot to the series. The second, I, I think you're right because yeah, they, they did like I don't want to say V the next generation, but yeah, they did like a V returns or something. I remember that, yes. So yeah, uh, that was, may have been a burn off as well because again, I don't think V even sniffed fall of 1985. So yeah, it seemed like whatever NBC was putting in at Friday at nine o'clock, it was getting canceled just as quick because we've said it once, we'll say it again. You just can't beat Dallas. If you look at it, we had V, we had Half Nelson. Looks like this uh, code name Foxfire was on at that time. We talked about Misfits of Science, got leveled by Dallas at that time. Just no beating Dallas. Unfortunately, these episodes cannot be purchased for sale. There is no DVD release, unsurprisingly, to say the least, I think. You can find most of the episodes on YouTube, though. Not many people watched it. The ratings is getting clobbered by Dallas. I don't need to repeat myself, but yeah. Dallas had its way with Half Nelson. And really, I think that's all we can say. So Half Nelson, yes, it had Joe Pesci. Yes, it had Bubba Smith. Yes, it had Dick Butkus. Yes, it had Victoria Jackson, but yes, sadly, after about a month and a half, it fell into obscurity and it became just another thing on TV. Any final comments you'd like to add, Greg? 
Uh, no, not really. Yeah, again, there's not much uh, about this show. Uh, we don't even have even a halfway accurate episode guide. There's really not much to say, unfortunately. There's not even anything that we could do for eBay Prices Right, believe it or not. Oh. So you get uh, a reprieve there. So I think we'll just wrap it up by saying this episode plus 308 previous episodes are available for download at it was a thing on tv.com. Also, check your podcast uh, program of choice. We are just about everywhere, I think. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You'll find us just about anywhere. I, I think the one place you won't find us is iHeartRadio. Not that that's a bad thing. And if you don't want to listen through our website or through any of those podcast apps, you can always go on YouTube and please share, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and that'll keep you up to date with all our uploads. And also don't forget all the socials, Facebook at It Was a Thing on TV podcast, Twitter at It Was a Thing on TV, Instagram at It Was a Thing on TV. Coming on Thursday, Greg. We're going to revisit an episode that we talked about roughly three years ago. And actually, we know more about this TV show now than we did then because out of the blue, a certain channel decided to start rerunning these episodes, this show, about a year ago. And we're getting very close on this network to... Getting to the finale, I, I think we're not going to get to the final episode for, until maybe like Thanksgiving-ish, maybe a little bit earlier, but we, we may actually have some closure on this show. Yes. But we do have a lot to talk about because now that we've seen about 150, 160 episodes of this TV show, we get a little bit of a clearer picture as to what makes it such a favorite in the TV community. What are we talking about? Well, we gave you a hint at the end of uh, episode 308. If you don't want to listen to that hint, or uh, even if you do, you'll find out what we're talking about Thursday right here on It Was a Thing on TV. And yes, we didn't have Chico this week. Chico's on assignment. He, he's somewhere lost in Washington, D.C. Lucky guy, I think. I don't know. Uh, and Chico may be with us on Thursday. We'll see about that. But for now... Please stay safe. Have a great uh, rest of the week uh, leading up to Thursday when episode 310 will be out. Again, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you Thursday, episode 310. Uh, but Joe, is that a problem for you? Do people ever think, oh, there's this big time uh, TV movie yeah, actor. I'm going to get a piece of him. That yeah, yeah I remember one time there was, uh, I was uh, walking uh, with Liza Minnelli. She was appearing at uh, Radio City Music Hall. And we're walking towards the backstage with a couple of security guys. And there was some, you know, there was some guys with girls there and everything, and the girls were saying hello, and the guys were saying, you know, the girls said, oh, that's Joe Pesci. The girls said, oh, and the guy said, oh, what wise guy, what good fellow, I gave him a slap, oh.
know, in your third year of high school, come back. Come back. Is he gone? Is he gone? On the uh, program tonight, NFL number one draft pick Dan Wilkinson from Ohio State. Randy Travis, uh, of course, will be out a little bit later. And right now we're talking with Madonna. So. <laughs>